2: Want to make a podcast? Spotify has got a platform that lets you make one super easy, then distribute it everywhere and even earn money. It's all in one place and it's free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start recreating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available now on Spotify. Of course, they're optional. And when you want to take your conversations with your fans to the next level, the Q&A and polls are the best way to get them talking and to get the conversation going. With Spotify for podcasters, you can even earn money in a variety of ways, including podcast ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it is totally free with no catch. Listen, ever since I discovered Spotify for Podcasters, it has truly taken my show to a whole new level, especially with having the options like the video podcast, the Q&A's and the polls, and has let me be creative in a completely different way and connect with my audience in a completely different way as well. So I highly recommend that you give it a try. Download Spotify for Podcasters app or either go to the website, which is Spotify.com slash podcasters to get started today. Hey guys, welcome to the Girl Take Podcast. I am your host, Shawnee Sanders, and today I have a special guest with me. Her name is Darlene Praday, and she is the CEO of consult, of DP Consultants and Sales. She equips coaches and entrepreneurs with um, ways to sell authentically to your audience and how to build relationships. Welcome to the show, Darlene.
0: Thank you, Shawnee. I appreciate
2: it. Thank you for coming on. This is going to be a really good show because one... I think even as podcasters, we're in the selling business as well because we're trying to sell our show to get listeners to brands. And so we're all in that same business. And when you have a product or entrepreneur, like you said, have a product or a service, selling selling is everything. It's key to what you want to do and to know how to do it best and know how to do it right and build those relationships with clients are important. And so before we get into any questions, let's get the story behind the brand. What made you get into this business? What made you start DP Consultants? Sure.
0: Sure. So I have been selling for most of my career
2: um,
0: in in some way, shape or form. I started in retail, went to wholesale. I was in Mm. the fashion industry Um, for the past 10 years. I've been in staffing for virtual assistants. And really, um, for the past 10 years, I've been dealing with a lot of entrepreneurs small businesses that are scaling Mm -hmm. and have great products great services but we're really struggling on how to convey that and get more clients so i saw a need in speaking to these people over and over again of the same theme they didn't want to sell because it felt sleazy it felt fake, it felt phony and they didn't want to um just give their brand a bad identity because they were coming across as salesy. So that's when I started DP consults.
2: You know, that is so true when it comes to sales. It's like when you walk into, you know, it's the whole car salesman kind of thing. You walk into the car, the dealership, and here comes a sleazy salesman coming up to you, trying to sell you a car by any means necessary. And I think that is like a major problem because even with my friends who are entrepreneurs, they have such a hard time selling because they look at it, like you said, they don't want to be pushy. You know, you think you're inundating people with emails consistently or either, you know, posting ads and stuff like that. So how do you tell someone to get past that? Hey, you're not being sleazy. You're just trying to build something authentic, more so a relationship versus a sale. How do you get, how do you get someone to get past that?
0: I think it's really the mind shift. So the problem out there, Shanti, is that there's a lot of sales coaches and programs that give you all these one size fits all where, Mm -hmm. You have to do X, Y, and Z, and then you're going to close. So when people don't close, they feel like they're failing. The reality is, if you reframe your conversations as a discovery versus a sales call, you are going to share how you can support those people, really actively listen to what they need, and build your credibility because my is that if I'm not the right solution, I'm going to connect them with somebody who is. So Mm. that builds trust, it builds relationships, it makes referrals happen, and all of those different things when people realize that you are for them and really want what's best for them. The worst thing we can do is, as consultants, is also get the wrong people in if you can't serve them well or they're not not the right fit they're not going to be happy you're not
2: going to be happy yeah and i I think that's probably what it is too i know especially for coaches it's probably hard because you do have to have more so that one-on-one call with them versus if you have a product you're really just trying to sell online really push ads and stuff like that um and i know it's hard for coaches because i know sometimes when i speak to coaches and you can tell that You know, not all of them are always comfortable, especially when it comes to this is probably one of the biggest things I think people have a problem with when it comes to conveying what their services cost. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes people struggle with that piece because I have a friend who feels like, you know, once I tell them what the cost is, I feel like most people are kind of like, you know, maybe don't want to do it, maybe sway from it. How do you deal with that piece of it, of trying to get your message across and let people know how much your services are and why these services would benefit them? Like, what's the best way to do that?
0: So I think really knowing your service and the value that you bring, if you convey your Mm -hmm. value, yes, there's going to be some people that cannot afford it. They don't have the budget or whatever it may be. I think more times than not, people lose those clients because they're not conveying how their service can really change them. I am not someone who puts fear in, like there's tactics to say like, oh, your life is gonna fall apart if you don't have my service, whatever (laughs) it may be, you know? And that's, you know, that, I don't like those tactics. What I do like is when I really know I can help somebody painting that Mm -hmm. picture of how I can help them, what their life would look like with the service and that, more times than not, starts that mind shift within that person of is this a value to invest in?
2: Yeah, that that is a tactic that works better to let them know why it's valuable to them and to build that. I guess it's like you said, it's all, that authentic connection. Yes. Versus the fear, the scare tactic, the, care, the scarcity type of tactic. So you're definitely right about that. Um, let me ask you this: Has was entrepreneurship always a part of your goal, or is it something that kind of stumble into so I feel like I always had that entrepreneurial
0: spirit from the time I was young and I've done different things even when I was working full-time I always had a side type of gig going on so to speak um and you know that looked very differently throughout my career sometimes my daughter was in theater and sometimes that was bartering i would do somebody's marketing and she could get dance lessons and stuff
2: like that. you know so
0: i I was pretty creative but um but realistically the past year is when i started focusing on the coaching business i heard time Mm -hmm. and time again you should be a coach you should be a coach and i really went into it kicking and screaming because I'm like, everybody's a coach. So I, yeah. I was in that same mindset as other people were, where I didn't realize the value that I was bringing because it was easy. For me. Mm. This is something that's very natural for me. It's easy for me. And until I had strong women that were speaking into my life um, and really adjusted mm. my mindset was that, I took that leap and then just started moving forward with it.
2: That's awesome. Yeah. I I love it when you just kind of, kind of the thing that it kind of always was with you. And then finally you recognize, okay, it's time for me to move forward full time with this. I I mean, I love those type of things because that's when you recognize your true passion, you know what I mean? And where you truly belong and where you can excel, you know, not to say that people don't excel at their jobs, nine to fives, we all do. But when you can have your passion like that, that truly works so much better. So how do you tell someone the could that we are such a digital world now, everything is digital. Everything is online. Um, some people don't like to be called, right? Some people don't want that, that call. Some people just kind of like want to do everything online. So how do you, um, get someone to sell more in the digital age that we're in now versus saying, Hey, you need to call and do stuff like that. Which one, how do you get them to do that? Well, I think,
0: it, so tools and apps make selling easier. Yeah. Just the follow-up and different things like that. But unless you have a connection with someone, you mm. are just, you're just an email. You're just somebody that has dropped into, you know, LinkedIn, Messenger, or whatever it yeah. may be. So really what I would say is you have to make some kind of connection. I use Zoom all day long. Looking somebody in the mm. eye, just like we're doing now, right? It's so much yeah. better than just having a phone call. It's so much better than sending yeah. an email. You're making that connection. Also, you know, bring value every time you speak to your client, even if they're your prospect, let me say, even if they're not a client, give them something that they can walk away with, regardless if they use you or not, because then they don't feel like mm-hmm. they wasted their time. I don't like sales calls. I don't like people who are pushing and yeah. they just want, it's very self-serving. If you operate gener- like generously speaking into mm-hmm. their lives, giving them something that they can walk away with that makes an impression on people because while you know, technology is great, people crave relationships. Yeah. They crave that one-on-one and just what you're doing with the podcast, right? You know, Mm -hmm. People want to be connected. People want to um, have people empathize and understand where they are coming from as opposed to just being self-serving.
2: Yeah, that is true. We do crave, I mean, with social media now, everything is like, um, online, so it's like that one-on-one relationship that like I talk about with kids today. They're not necessarily. They're such a technology-driven world, and they're all about their tablets. That they're we have to force them to go outside and play. You know what yeah. I mean? Because they would much rather sit on their tablets. So you're right. You know, we're becoming a, a world where we're so used to being. Um, so online and being such having that digital, a digital connection versus a personal connection. And I think it's so important, especially for coaches that you have to connect with people. But you know, I want to talk about, let's talk about fear because I know some people who are so afraid to be, you know, I tell people, Hey, get on social media, do whatever you need to do, do a video, whatever. They're so afraid to just be on a video. How do you get them? past that fear of actually doing this right now we're doing looking at each other on screen when they can sometimes get so nervous and be so afraid and then maybe kind of fumble their words and not really you know get the cell that they were looking for and then feel defeated like you said how do you get yeah, past
0: that I can empathize with that because i think yeah in
2: video um, I
0: like. I hate listening to my voice. Like I'm like, oh my jersey accent, and we could be so self-critical. So I, I like your voice. <laughs> I absolutely can empathize with that piece of it. What I would say yeah. is, just again, if you fear is fear is such a stumbling block for everyone, mm-hmm. and it looks oh, different yeah. in. in different people and it shows up in sneaky ways. So I think first of all, calling it out, right? (laughs) Like getting to what are you afraid of? Are you afraid of looking stupid? Are you afraid of sounding like an idiot? You know, get to what are you actually afraid of? And then realize we're all humans. I. Yeah. stumble over my words at times I you know have my mute button on and I'm trying to talk and like I make a joke out of it I'm like I'm sorry I need more coffee I'm like not functioning well today I don't know why yeah. I cannot say those words you know um, yes. just, we're just you know being really, really authentic right like hey I'm a little nervous I'm sorry I promise you I'm a great coach but like <laughs> you know, these one-on-ones are just not in my comfort zone, but let me try to stumble through it with you. I
2: think people appreciate yeah. that, right? I, I think so too. Yeah. I think we appreciate honesty and authenticity. You know, it's not, it's not easy to sit in front of the camera and to talk to people, you know, to do public speaking. Cause almost this is like public speaking, right? Yeah. It's not easy for people to do that. And we're all going to fumble our words, but it's just, that's natural conversation. That's how I feel like, yeah, I'm going to mess up some words. Sometimes I am. And I will mess up somebody's name quickly if I don't know how to pronounce no. it. I tell people that all the time, like, please forgive me. But I I think that works. Um, How do you think, does every coach feel like they can coach every person? Do you feel like, hey, you have to hone in on your particular avatar, your particular person that that really connects with you? Because coaching has to be a very much so a two-person thing. Like you have to feel me and I have to feel you. Yes. So that's a
0: great point because I have discovered with working with some coaches is that just because you're bringing value to somebody and you have something to offer, doesn't mean they're your mm-hmm. right client, right? That's yeah. two separate things. Everybody can learn from anyone, even, you know, mm-hmm. um, and glean something. But I think knowing knowing what your niche is, really knowing who you yeah. serve well is super important. Not trying to be everything to everyone, because that goes back to that authenticity there's a lot of things yeah. I can do, but I don't like to do, or I don't do them well, you know? And I think as you get yeah. older too, you can kind of own that stuff. And yeah. um, it just gets a little <laughs> bit easier because you're like, I'm too old for this crap. I don't want to do it, yeah. you know? <laughs> but I think like when when you're newer, you want to just serve everybody, like <laughs> build your business. But again, bringing in the right people that you're going to serve well, and that you're going yeah. to connect with, one of those is worth ten other frustrating engagements that are not going to be of value to both of you.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's true. So you're right. You just want to make sure that you are fit for the right person. And I do like that person. That I say, hey, you know what? I might not be a fit, but maybe I can recommend somebody that is. I and that's a always huge valuable. Network too. of strategic mm-hmm.
0: partnerships, and I am the first
2: person that. If I don't
0: feel like, because sometimes people don't know what they need, right? Especially, yeah, they may think they need sales, but they honestly need marketing or something else. So again, saying here, you know what, you're not ready for me, or this is not a good fit, but let me introduce you to somebody who may be, um, I think that goes away yeah. way. And that goes back to people building trust for you, because if they are ready, or if they know somebody who needs you, they will refer you
2: yeah what do you think how do you think because coaching really kind of like i think coaching probably always been around It just hasn't been so mainstream where everybody is into it now and the way i look at coaches i look at coaches as teachers for adults you know what i mean And a particular thing that you want to learn and grow in because we are in a place where we can grow better and learn how to sell more and learn how to be more authentic because there's coaching for almost anything. Why do you think it's so popular now? Like everyone is looking to get a coach. Everyone is, I don't know, maybe everyone's more in tune with their own journey. What do you think it is? Why so? Why so? um, I don't, I don't know
0: exactly. I know that the environment is, you're right. There's a million coaches out there and there's amazing coaches out there, which is fantastic.
2: Mm -hmm. Again,
0: I'm probably dating myself, but years ago, we didn't have coaches to be leaders. They just gave us people to work under, you know, we kind of just stumbled our way. We did what we had to do and right, right or wrong. Um, So while there's just ongoing education, as you mentioned, we're always learning. I'm Mm -hmm. constantly learning from other people. Even people that are much younger than me, because there's a different perspective or something that they've gone through or something that they can bring to the table, that is a unique way of thinking. The one
2: thing I yeah. will
0: say, though, where it gets confusing is back to just because somebody's a great coach for someone else doesn't mean it's right for you. And to really, yeah. you know, I've worked with coaches who have been fantastic, and I've worked with others that it's not that. There's something wrong with them it was it just was not the right connection so don't feel bad and don't mm-hmm. force things if it's not right for you there's plenty of other people out there that can be so find somebody that resonates with you and actually yeah understands what your objectives are everybody has different whys not everybody wants to build a multi-million dollar business or not everybody has the same goal mm-hmm. so knowing like sharing what your why is and getting the right coach to get you there is critical
2: yeah yeah that is true um I think it's important to you know for in and, and coaching business you know the one-on-one relationship how much access as a coach do you give a client to you because if it's not like you're a therapist, right? Because the therapist is like, I want to call them every every little thing that happens. But how much access are you supposed to give a client when you are a coach? So that's a great Because I don't want to have to call you all day because I might call you all day and be like, hey, I just did this, Darlene. Is this right? Or can you help me through this and that? So how much time do you give a person?
0: So I was very aware when I was establishing what my offerings were going to be about time. And I needed mm-hmm. it to be where, because I can totally invest thousands of hours and make no money, right? Um, because yeah, I'm
2: yeah, yep.
0: so people. Um, so my yes. package is I have it very concise because people wanna move that needle. It's a three week kind of journey with a client to equip them and by the end of the three weeks they have deliver- deliverables and they are equipped to go sell. Um, And I Mm -hmm. do a two week follow up to see, you know, where are those types of things? Because coaching is two sided. I can give all the best advice if they're not implementing it, it's not going to go anywhere. But I do, I did recognize that there is a need for additional support at times. So I have Mm -hmm. what's called rapid fire coaching where somebody could retain me. For um, a three months after we do that program, and they could message me all day long if they want to. They don't have the time to do it. They mm-hmm. don't. But it is yeah. something where we use Boxer, and they could just download. Hey, I just got off this call. Or let me send you this call. It went awry. What did I do wrong? I did everything that I thought we were supposed mm. to do. That just helps them kind of reinforces what they're doing right what they're doing wrong until they really get comfortable doing it
2: themselves so it's going to look different
0: for yeah. every person and every coach
2: yeah yeah definitely um what is a discovery call you know i hear a lot of people say yeah we're gonna do a discovery call what is the discovery call? Like what do you discover through the call
0: uh, so um Like I said, like if you reframe it from sales call to discovery call, where you're discovering what does this person actually need? And the person Mm -hmm. is discovering what you can offer them. So it's two way, it's relational. It's a two way street. It's not just sales. Sales has the connotation of, I'm going to tell you what I have. You're going to buy it or not. Yeah. As opposed to actively listening and understanding. And why I say it's a discovery call, and I didn't make up that term, a lot of people use it is because you're also the person that's on that call is typically discovering what they need through the questions because Mm -hmm. most people, they think, okay, Susie had a sales coach. That's what I need, excuse me, or, Mm -hmm. um, I need a mindset coach or whatever it may be. But until you start going back and forth and helping that person understand what they need, that's where the discovery comes in.
2: Oh, okay, yeah. You Right, know you discover, one, you, the person discovers if they need the coach. Yeah. And then the coach kind of discovers more about the person if they're a good fit. Yes. So that kind of, that definitely makes sense. Um, let me ask you, this. what's probably the hardest part about being a coach? You know, what are some of the struggles that you run into um, being in this, maybe starting this business and then being, working with clients, maybe it's two parts to that question.
0: So for me, um, I like to help everybody. So, you Mm -hmm. know, I struggle if I'm not the right one, if I can, like I'll spend a lot of time trying to find that solution for them, even if they're not using me. Um, but, and I have not had this personally, the people that I work with, because again, I handpick who I'm working with. So it's it's been really wonderful, the people that I've worked with. But I have seen in the past, coaches for teams or or CEOs and they don't implement, they want a quick fix. They don't want to implement what you're telling them to do. Because again, a coach is only as good as what someone is implementing and how they're doing it. Exactly. Like it's like going to Weight Watchers and then just eating ice cream and being like Weight Watchers. You didn't follow the plan. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I think, um, I think it's important for somebody who does reach out to have a coach to have that resolve that they are really going yeah. to take ownership over their area and implement what that coaching is. Cause like, what is that? The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over
2: and same thing over. And over.
0: Results. So if you want different yeah. results, you have to be teachable. You have to be humble and you have to make changes.
2: Okay. Okay. So what are some of the get a person to become a better salesperson? How do they become better at it? Is it a daily practice? Is it something that they can do one time, but like, boom, I got it. So what do you think? What is it to help them become better? How does that happen? So there are strategies
0: and there's techs, techniques that I teach them that they could start implementing it's not mm. going to be yes yeah, some people are like have that aha moment and all everything clicks more times than yeah. not it just takes some practice but if they keep going back to those tangible things that they can follow it becomes more mm-hmm. natural as we mentioned earlier right when you first started your podcast there were probably things that you saw improve, like that you needed to improve for that worked better. Um, So I think if they're going into each call as a learning experience and just getting better and better, it will
2: become Mm -hmm. neutral.
0: It will become more authentic and having those cheat sheets and having that, that mind and practice, right?
2: Yeah. Practice Practice with
0: you know, practice selling to your kids, your husband, and just going through, because the more and more you tell your story, the easier it becomes. Mm-hmm. So once mm-hmm. they become comfortable with telling their story, then they move out of that mindset of the sales call, as opposed to just having that conversation.
2: Having a conversation. Yeah. That's what's important. what is one of the best ways for people to get clients, I guess, coaches to even get clients. Do you say, Hey, try to do, cause you know, a lot of people do those sales funnels, right? Online, people really sell, people really push those a lot and then push you over to um, a course that you can take. What do you, do you have any recommendations for people to get clients or is it more so referral based? Oh, I think it depends on what type of coach you're,
0: you are and definitely doing webinars, lunch and learns,
2: mm-hmm. giving
0: value to people. They start to see, okay, yeah. like these podcasts, right? Um, yeah, they hear it and be like, Oh, that's exactly what I need. So giving value to people and letting them know a little bit about you makes you more familiar to them. I don't personally do mm-hmm. sales funnels and all of that type of thing, as far as lead gen and, and mine is yeah. referral based. Um, I do a ton mm-hmm. of networking. Um, and they're now, after COVID we have so many virtual networking opportunities that yeah. are just incredible. So again, yeah. not getting on there to just push, what you do, but just to make those right connections, make those strategic partners. um, Referring people to other people, they're more likely to, if they have someone, refer back to you. So building, I build relationships all day long and that it's
2: more Mm -hmm. rewarding
0: and I'm also getting the right people in as well.
2: Yeah, I think because of COVID, a lot of people uh, relied on online lead generation and webinars and stuff like that because there was the that in-person connection and networking was kind of taken away from everyone and so i think i see why a lot of people do that but i like to say i think it's so much better when as a customer like i used to work and i used to be very i used to be over ratings and reviews customers ratings and reviews customers and what i used to tell people is that we listen to other customers like another a, a referral from a friend is way more to me than whatever sales ad you may put out there yeah. so referral base is like huge because not only does the person who you refer you already have a relationship is that you can trust that person's judgment and say hey you know what that's what i'm going to do because that's how i buy products i buy products based off customer ratings and reviews <laughs> and based off referrals from friends that tell me, hey, this is a great product, you should try to use it. And so I like the more so the referral base versus just this ad that's coming at me, this webinar and stuff like that. So I like the way you actually um, try to get your clients. I like more so referral base and the networking, like you said, I think that works.
0: Yes, yes, I, I find it very gratifying too, because again, even if I'm mm-hmm. having those conversations of a friend of a friend or a client, even if they're not moving yeah. forward, they really are. They're a great call. They're somebody that I could potentially work with in the future, or I can
2: mm-hmm. off to
0: my network. So they come in ready. Yeah. You know, they come in ready to, they're <laughs> hungry for. Yeah. What you are yeah.
2: coaching. And I think because more and more people are moving over into entrepreneurship, and I think the demand for coaches to help guide people through those selling process, through um, marketing processes and stuff like that, I think it just works so much because of the high, the high demand of being into entrepreneurship now. Everyone wants to, you know, have something of their own. They can leave a legacy and create generational wealth behind. And this is the kind of stuff that does that. Yeah.
0: We're, at, we're in such an exciting time. Like, it is so mm-hmm. like with the world yeah. being so small that I've had conversations yeah. with in Ireland last week and, yes. yeah, and it's just like the, the world is tiny and now and as yes. like a lot of people are like, Hey, I can do that. Even if it's not their full time job, they have some kind of you know, people understand gone are the days you work for one company for fifty years and then you get a pension. Yes. That does not exist yeah. anymore. It doesn't, it doesn't multiple streams of income and, um, yes, able to be creative in what you're offering and not be set on one thing, because even if you do it
2: yeah. well,
0: it may, you have to, you have to actively listen and see, is my client changing? Is my, does my offering need to change?
2: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, definitely the offering. How is it? How do you balance it all? Because if you think about like a mom, even if you think about a two parent household, you got children, you got family, you got you got work, you got to cook dinner, you got to clean the clothes, you got to take care of the kids. How do you balance um, coaching business and life? How do you balance it all? It is tough and I'm probably not the best mm-hmm. guest to ask. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, I, so I am I'm the director of, um, Business development for Petrie VA, which is my full-time job, and I have coaching. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, yeah. in the past couple of years, my husband had a lot of health issues, and he unfortunately is disabled. Mm-hmm. So everything is mm-hmm. on me. So on what you. I have to yeah. do is, you know, boundaries, which you know is so important to mm-hmm. not to say I'm only going to work nine to five, but know what your working style is. And this way you yeah. can put things down and be present with your family and everything like that. Mm-hmm. I'm a huge proponent of outsourcing and delegation because mm. even though I have I have a glitch in my mind that thinks, how hard could that be about everything in life? Everything, right? And then I'm knee deep into something that is not in my wheelhouse. Could I do it? Yes. Is there somebody else that could do it better, probably cheaper and everything else? Yes. So I really (laughs) had to do a mental shift to start outsourcing things and not just do everything myself because Yeah. That's where, you know, it's not just a frustration and it's it's an energy suck. So yeah, it is energy for what you really want to do and how you can show up really well is important.
2: Yeah, that is so true. Even I, with my podcast, I had to realize that I don't have to do everything because I'm in that mindset too, where, oh, I can do that because there's a lot of things that I can do. And I'm just like, well, you know, what? I don't have to do every piece of it. I can get someone else to do certain pieces, delegate out, you know, hire other people to do certain things. And then with that, where that way I can actually focus on the interviews versus every, all the marketing, all the creatives, and it can be it's, uh, energy suck. And it can be overwhelming It's to entre- the point where you feel like, okay. The entrepreneur mind
0: is, yeah, poor, but it's a double-edged sword because Yes, you can do everything. You built the business. You can, but you have to start looking at things as where is my time and energy better spent and start getting off those other things and allowing yourself to get the help you need.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's definitely true. Let's talk about empathetic selling. What is empathetic selling?
0: So, you know, empathetic selling is really putting yourself in that person's shoes and understanding what they need, because as I mentioned, a lot of my clients are not even exactly sure of what they need. So Mm
2: -hmm. people
0: are looking at overcoming objections and just getting their, their information to that person, really just actively listening, understanding where is this person coming from? And back to that, why, right? What
2: are their goals? Yeah.
0: Are they looking, you know, are they looking to sell ten more clients a month? Are they looking to get one quality client a month? Are they looking to build, you know, a huge company? Or are they looking just to sustain what they yeah. have? So, really understanding and empathizing with that person—like, if I was that person, what would I want to hear from the person on the other yes. side? And mm-hmm. uh, and that is you know i use the term like empathetic closer and i had a couple of people mm. say oh that like it's that's like an oxymoron you know and I'm like, <laughs> well i built a career on it really without even knowing because that's what i do yeah like, i really care about the people i talk to and i always have been even in retail i would never want to just sell something just for the sake of getting a sale i want to really help people mm. that's
2: really the core of who I am yeah and that and people lack a lot of people lack empathy <laughs> a lot of people do a lot of people lack it and when you talk about it in sales it is a great quality to have because you have to be able to understand especially if you take on somebody you have to, be able to understand their story You have to be able to empathize with, you know, their time and what they need to do and why they need a coach. And so I think it's important to have some type of empathy, you know, when it comes to working with someone one-on-one because we are humans and we have emotions and sometimes our emotions get the best of us, even with us and let us slack on our business, you know, and, you know, maybe we won't sell great because we're not feeling so confident. And so let's talk about confidence because I know confidence has, has to be a big part of selling. Right. You have to be one confident in what you're offering. You want to be confident in how you're speaking, you know? So how do you deal with someone who might not have such a strong or a big confidence in themselves? So I think what's important
0: to understand is that everybody has those fears and that lack of confidence Mm -hmm. at different times. It also lack of confidence looks very different in people. So it's easy when you don't feel confident in something to recognize it, to beat yourself up about it or whatever it may be. But I can guarantee there are many, every single successful person has that Achilles heel where they don't feel confident in an area or something like that. So I think recognizing Mm -hmm. it again, back to, we all have stories, we're all human and Knowing your worth is important because when you know what value you bring, that makes it easy to share and convey that value and be confident in what you're offering. I think also people attach a good sales call with are they signing on? So it is easy Mm -hmm. that if you have 10 calls in a row and you're not signing on a client to feel like you're a bad salesperson. But back to the mindset, if you're looking at it like, okay, maybe there's things that you can improve, but maybe those 10 people were not the right clients for you. And yeah. really looking at it like, did I convey my worth? Did I create a positive impact on this person I spoke to? Did I give them some kind of value? And did I build some some part of a relationship? That is a win the outcome, the mm-hmm. sale is not really the win. If you're doing those things within each call, eventually you are gonna get the right people um, yeah. in there. So I think it's just a matter of reframing what, what um, success looks like, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah, I think I think you said something that's important is the mindset, because you can feel defeated if you did those calls and feel like, OK, nobody signed on, because a lot of people think that the end result is I want people to sign. I want people to come on board. I want people to sign on the dotted line. So you go through all this and then nobody signs and you feel defeated. You know what I mean? You don't make a sale. Yes.
0: And and listen, we've all been there and I wish I could say, like, oh, you know, I never feel that way. Of course, who doesn't yeah. want to get the right clients? And like that's exciting and and but also in sales too, it's also just a double edged sword because no matter how many mm-hmm. clients you get, there's always like you always I tend to set that bar higher and higher at times. So I really have you <laughs> look at it like what is manageable for me how how many people can yeah. i serve that i'm going to serve well and if you know if i'm at my max and they can't wait mm-hmm. again passing them off to someone else because that's when you are your product it is easy to yeah. overcommit and then your your coaching is impacted
2: yeah. I mean that's true. How do you how do you tell someone to define the ideal client? Yeah,
0: so I mean it starts with again knowing and knowing what you're offering back and forth. Yeah. And I know that sounds silly, but especially with so many entrepreneurs, if I have mm-hmm. to ask you 30 questions to understand what you do, you're not clear. Clarity is so yeah. important, <laughs> right?
2: yeah yeah Um,
0: also you know so messaging what what are they you know what are they offering and who is your ideal client so that starts Mm -hmm. with who's going to be best served by you who is going to really benefit from what you're offering what does that person like look like what does you know their financial commitment look like and all of those different moving parts um, not to say there's some people that surprise me that might I may not think is my ideal client, but then after that discovery call, mm-hmm. they you know they're a perfect fit for me. Um, mm-hmm. But I I think it has to be knowing what your message is, and that has to be clear first and foremost, and then you move forward to say this is who I would best serve.
2: Yeah, you know, as a coach, do you? in turn this is just my mind wondering this question do you in turn now have to believe in what the person is selling or trying to their product or service do you have to believe in or do i necessarily only have to believe in you to help you sell what you're offering
0: so technically i only have to believe in you but yeah that being said the reason why i started this business is because i want to help people that i believe in their services I do not want to be successful by helping people that are really do not have a great offering or something that I can succeed. I, I, that is just not how I operate. So I'm very intentional with the people that I work with, um, Mm -hmm. because I. You know and again they may i can give them some advice and maybe they're they're not quite there yet or whatever it may be and i'm not i'm not saying i know everything but if i don't feel good mm-hmm. about that relationship i'm not going to move forward because it is a relationship so um so yeah. i want to believe in what they do i love to champion for people i love mm-hmm. an underdog there is nothing more gratifying than having somebody that really just needs that little help and then they you know yeah. you see them come into their own that's so gratifying so I want to do that for people that I really believe in
2: Yeah. You know, as a coach, you have to be a people person, I believe, right? Like you have to like people. I don't know if there's a coach that's feel like, oh, I can't stand people. I don't want want to be bothered. I can help you do this, but I don't necessarily want to be around you guys. You have to be able, you have to be a a people person, right? Well, exactly. Because
0: people are putting their trust in you and... Yeah. They want to feel like you are their champion too. I think there's people that are super talented in in every aspect of life that could do a job. Yeah. But apathy is one of the worst qualities I think in a human. Somebody who, could, <laughs> somebody who could do it, but they're apathetic. I mean,
2: who would you yeah.
0: be like? Okay, well, here you go, Shanti. Here's things to sell, and I know you could do it. Like, you know, you want somebody <laughs> excited about your win and, and really getting you there. So definitely caring about people is, is important.
2: You do. You want someone who can be excited about um, what you're doing just as much as you are because that does help in in building a relationship and that helps with being having an authentic connection. Yes. What you talked about, that's truly what that is. When you feel like, oh, I believe in your product too. I think it's great. Then that kind of goes a long way with versus someone who says, I'm just here to help you sell the product Mm -hmm. versus anything else.
0: Yeah. Relational versus transactional.
2: Nobody wants to. Exactly. 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 Um, so let's talk about your potential clients. How do you tell someone, how do you help someone bring value to their potential clients?
0: Um, so, so my approach is I do like a business analysis of everything. Cause I don't feel mm-hmm. selling is just selling, right? Anybody who says, Oh, sales, you have, there's, I look at everything from their website to their social media to understanding You know what their offer is and everything like that to really get a big picture. And then what I do is tell them the strengths that I see, the weaknesses that I see, the opportunities that I see, just across the board. Because again, Mm -hmm. I'm going to do a new website for them. But I can give them somebody who can do a fantastic website. If their message, if what they're telling me doesn't match what their website looks like, those things have to change before you start selling, right? Um, Yeah. And then, you know, getting the, there's, as you mentioned, as we talked about, there's a million coaches out there, but what makes them unique? Even if it's the same exact type of coach, same offering, whatever it may be, somebody want to come to you? What sets you apart? Everybody has those intrinsic values that are different from other people. So recognizing what those are and being able to convey that to a potential client is really empowering. And it also is empowering for the client, because then they can see, okay, this is the person I want on my
2: team. Mm. When, How important, I guess, is selling for a coach or just any business? How important is it to your business to make sure that you have a good strategy, a good sales strategy? Like how important is that?
0: So it's, it's super, it's super critical to growth. So many coaches start Mm. out with referrals and different things like that, which is fantastic. You know, that's what Mm -hmm. I do. And I like to keep it, you know, contained like that. But again, you can have somebody who's looking for your type of service, but if you're not conveying your message, you're not getting in the right people. So sales is critical, but there's also key things that can be done with follow-up, with nurturing, different things like that. That your typical coach does not do because they have that call. If the person if it's not right for them right now, that's it. That's the end of it. Um, I think there was a mm-hmm. statistic that 70% of people do not follow up and because they feel mm-hmm. like, oh, they told me no. But
2: it's yeah. not a
0: matter of being a bother or you know, pestering somebody. People are busy, timing is everything. If it's not right now, you want to be on that forefront that when they do need a coach, you're in their mind and you have connected with them over time.
2: Yeah, I was gonna ask that question, like how important is follow up? Because follow up, people might feel like, okay, I feel like I'm harassing. So how, what is like, without giving away your whole strategy and what you offer your clients, (laughs) what do you tell people about follow up? Or how often do you tell someone to follow up with someone who maybe said no, or maybe not interested at the time, or just someone who said, well, maybe later, how often do you tell them to follow up?
0: So I think it's a, so this comes into having more and more calls and really understanding the underlying of why they're saying no, right? Mm -hmm. Because Mm -hmm. as you know, when people say no, no, I don't have the budget for that. Is it the budget? Is that just an excuse? You know, so Mm -hmm. really understanding that and then, what I do for the client, it just depends on the service. It depends on is build kind of like a tree of yeah. If you have the call and they say this, this is where you go. Um, and then it has to be you have to really take their cue. So if somebody's like, oh, call mm-hmm. me next week, and you know, then they're busy, then they're busy, then they're putting you off. You know, understanding like, hey, is this not the right time? Let's revisit it next month. Like, let them off the yeah. hook. Um, you, nobody, you don't want to just drop the ball and not follow up, but you also don't want to just become obsessively like pestering somebody. Yeah. So really, you know, if they say this, this is where I put them in. If they say, no, it's not for me. Do you mind if I touch base with you Q2, just to see how, mm-hmm. you know, where you're at? Or is this something that you could see when your budget turns around? Or, you know, a lot of small businesses, two or three clients away themselves from being able to afford your services. So it's just a matter of building those relationships, having a cadence that makes sense and is respectful, but also informative.
2: Yeah. You know, a part of your service, do you also help people price their services as well? Um, cause you know, like you said, know your worth and know your, what your time is worth is, is super important. And I know sometimes people might have a little difficulty pricing their packages. Is there a, is there a strategy that you help them with or a formula that you help them with when it comes to pricing their packages? I do not do that piece of it. Okay, You have, um,
0: many connections of coaches mm-hmm. that just do that. In fact, um, my friend Michelle Denio she helped me formulate the package because I was mm. that person. I was like, I'm not sure, like, what to do. You know, all yeah. of, the coaches need coaches, right? So, yeah. um, there are services out there that will take a look at everything and understand. Here are the packages you need to do. Here's the pricing. Mm-hmm. This is what makes sense so i mean i can give some feedback but i don't do that pricing structure piece of it
2: okay typically
0: the people that i'm working with already have a solid offering they've had success Mm -hmm. they just have only built on people say yes or no and they you know need that sales piece of it to continue to get the right people in and build those systems in place for follow-up referrals, nurturing, all of those things.
2: What do you say about group coaching? Do you do group coaching or is it just one-on-one coaching and which one do you prefer?
0: So I haven't done group coaching yet. I've, mm-hmm. I'm in a mastermind and I think group mm-hmm. coaching is wonderful. For me right now, I think because um, everybody's so unique and it's so personal, I think they need that one-on-one to really get that confidence. Mm -hmm. Now, I may in the future have group coaching after they've gone through that initial one-on-one program just to kind of keep that, you know, um, energy up and that type of thing. But for my services, I think the one-on-one is important but I can see yeah. how group coaching can apply to some some other types of coaching.
2: Yeah, yeah, I, I've seen a lot of people do group coaching and then from group coaching, they venture off into membership, because then they're like, hey, let's extend that relationship, you know, and then come into my membership and get all these different um, videos and lives and stuff like that, so, which I still think all works because it's still part of the journey of being authentic and staying connected to your to your customers. Absolutely. People
0: crave, like for me, I am an information junkie. I am constantly Mm -hmm. taking webinars and courses and working with coaches because I feel like, again, everything is changing so quickly within the landscape of business in general, that you have to stay up on it. And the only way of doing that is leaning on people that know a lot more in those areas.
2: Yeah. So, you know, we're going to get ready. We're going to end the show, but what do you want people to know about DP consultings and sale and coaching? What do you want the audience to know about it?
0: Well, um, I, that it is a passion project. It is something Mm -hmm. that was born. Like I reluctantly became a coach because I was like, there's so many coaches out there, but Mm -hmm. that I really care about my clients and I really help them get over where their stumbling blocks are so that they can help more people they can reach more people and really feel good about those conversations that they're having because when you have a great discovery call there's joy in that and like i said if Mm -hmm. you're not attaching it to the outcome the outcome i've been successful in sales the outcome comes right like that is going to happen but if you can approach every sales call with joy and connections mm. that makes all the difference it makes the day so much more enjoyable it takes the
2: pressure yeah. off of you well i can tell you from this conversation i can tell you are an empathetic person you know and you are a warm Like you get a lot of warmth from you the way you talk and so i can definitely tell that you are a great one-on-one coach you know because some people you could talk to and you feel like okay maybe i'll talk to them sometimes but not all the time but you you just have the type of energy that says, okay, you can talk to this person every day. You know what I mean? Because and get information you need because of just certain words that you say in terms of joy, because joy is so important and being more authentic in the connection and the fact that you value that one-on-one relationship. So I think that's really awesome about you, darling. Thank and you. I appreciate you for coming on the show. Before we end the show is a question I ask all my guests is What is some of the best, what was some of the best advice or maybe just one advice that you've gotten from another woman?
0: I think like laugh at yourself, you know, just like- Exactly. Just, I think like when I was younger, I was so like, I wanted to just be this person that looks perfect on the outside. Mm-hmm. And, like mm-hmm. now I'm to the point where I'm like, you know, we it, you just have to laugh and celebrate when things don't go right at times. And, or if you make a mistake, I've I've just spent too many years of my life being so hard on myself that you just kind of embrace the failures, the flubs and everything like that and have fun with it. Like, again, (laughs) it just makes it a lot more joyful. It
2: does. <laughs> it does. I like that. Embrace it. Just embrace it. Life gets messy, right? It's not yeah. perfect. So it's okay. We don't have to be these perfect beings and have this perfect way of talking or doing something. So I appreciate you for coming on the show. I know my my, my um, listeners and watchers of YouTube are going to get a lot of value out of this conversation, this episode. I am Shawnee Sanders. This is the Girl Techno Podcast, and we will see you next time.